but there was more of that 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 time period of music is what I want to use because I feel like there's so much stuff that we dig from that time period, obviously, and so much good stuff that will seep into the uh, uh, emotional resonance and nostalgia of um, our potential peer group. Sure. And our listeners. Right. Because I would think that, well, obviously without even, obviously that's our target demographic, right? Like people are age. Yeah. That, yeah. So that it could it makes be a sense good idea from that, that perspective. It could be a good idea to creatively conjure and express um, like, like specifically what our target demographic is. And we, we get terms out in the open about like what we're after. And then it could help. Can, you, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, like specifically targeting the live, laugh, love moms with a, a, a background in an authoritarian existence that have an inclination to, to be or be married to a cop. So that, you know, just a specific type of mom, you know, you know, like specifically described types of people in a, you know, just a, a freeform jam session of ideas when it comes time to putting out more material for advertising ourselves and uh, to better put together our package to make it look nicer. Something that we wouldn't publish out loud as much as it was it would help us get on the same page because you know i'm often uh, is that is that along the lines of like indie sleaze like a visualization of a certain attitude or uh, type of guy uh type i was of just person. gonna say that yeah something yeah. along those lines because that would that would help us like sync together with the magical fun stuff that comes together from the the ongoing project I, I believe I believe there's a good balance we can find between just doing it mm -hmm. and having those elements of like preparation yeah. from a marketing or content yeah. perspective. Yeah, because we're, we're just doing it. And my brain's, of course, warped and twisted from a uh, a, a, a moment in my youth, uh, just heavily diving into like uh, self actualization podcasts and um, books and audiobooks especially so it is a it's a way for me to talk about it but of course I mean it as chill as possible in the most chillest of forms ain't no suit and tie over here brother <laughs> no shoes no shirt no problem no, nothing. There's not after that black shirt. There's just nothing. So it says on my front door. <laughs> any what? any naked person is welcome. I feel like Come you're setting in. yourself up for disappointment. Come on, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to a nude beach. You might have high hopes, but reality is a different story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to share? You want to share the the slides? You want me yeah. to? Yeah, yeah. I've been um, 
not at all pulled that up. I've just been working on my Mark Wahlberg masterpiece. It's going to take a long time. But uh, And we got um, our Patreon up, too. I, have, I haven't opened it, but I saw the email. I had to email those clowns. Are we approved? I, yeah. I added the link to our YouTube, so I think we're approved. Yeah, because we weren't. You know, that was annoying. It's good. It's good. Because I think it was taking longer than it, it usually does, because I was, like, looking up what people's responses were on when they've, uh, you know, some people, like, it's like the same day, but I was just taking a couple of days. I was like, this seems wrong. So seems put yourself in the shoes, put yourself in the shoes of the Patreon, mm-hmm. put yourself in their shoes. They've got a request <laughs> from a group called garbage juice. Yeah. To approve their request to receive money from their platforms users. Um, yeah. There's very information on these characters. Whatever you can find doesn't seem to be, very encouraging and now you have to make a a distinction if you're going to let these people if you're going to let them interact with your user group (laughs) i was also thinking maybe if if we didn't put up an episode but because we put up an episode they had to watch it (laughs) i was thinking about that if they actually had to watch so we've had six views on the first episode i think one of those is patreon i have no doubt okay yeah so they they had to watch it, which is a funny job if you're someone that has to do that, right? They're like, uh, yeah, because you never know. You, there's some random nudity, mm-hmm. some real disgusting stuff. Because they have to yeah. vet everyone who comes on their platform, right? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any other way. Someone's putting putting out videos of them expanding their butthole. Onto, onto the YouTube and looking for someone to support that, I, I think that's going to draw some criticism on social media. Um, let's take that concept and let's gate that open for a second. <laughs> for laughter one thing i thought about the other day is trying my best also to not step on you while you're talking like not talk over you and and it seems like when the pros are doing it and it's like a group setting like more than you know one person talking like i often think about how good they are at it because it's really uh what's the word it's uh it seems easy to just get into the talking over someone, but like also giving giving room to you to speak and to deliver is like also something I want to practice on getting better at. I didn't notice that as being a problem at all. Yeah, I, I think it, we're naturally good at it. <laughs> and this is I didn't a, find that an issue at all. This this will be a timeout moment here. This, I don't know if you saw this document, but th- I'm going to put, I'm going to put all of our links here. This will be like, oh yeah, I've seen that. link tree. I've seen that. So yeah. we can have You it. saw my message. No, oh, no, I didn't. I missed it. I said, I, didn't I send it to you? So I was looking for our Twitter link. 
Mm. And I couldn't fucking find it. Like I searched garbage juice podcast Twitter. Oh yeah, because it won't come up until we're and then I even searched your Twitter because your Twitter is good. And I wanted to put that in to the Facebook about us. Or sorry, the Facebook, the fucking YouTube about us. Couldn't find you either. Um that's great. So I stumbled upon this podcast and just how it how it looks and they're tweeting a lot. It was just super professional, it seemed, the way that they had set it up. They had all the socials going. Did I share it with you? That's a good idea. I I saw that message. Yeah, that's a good idea. And this this was the way that I did it when when I was working at the furniture store and having these accounts and going through this, like, same rigmarole and, and, like, needing to, like, sometimes somebody will need to log in because they'll want to share something or access whatever reason. So having that like as a central place that, uh, you know, we can check on and I can, I can keep updating it. So um, when there is a new thing, instead of it inundating you with more new thing bullshit, you can check it at the time that's more convenient for you, especially if it's a non-pertinent issue. Like The question know, is, who has responsibility for setting up all that shit? That's the main question, right? We can, we can yeah. tag team it. Yeah, I like the idea of tag team, of course, and I like the idea of uh, proving my worth through sheer strength online. Again, can you provide an example of demonstrating strength online? Imagine. Like, Like your prowess in using the internet? Yeah, internetual prowess. Imagine this like a total Chad, but with a Daft Punk helmet. I know you're okay. saying that. You're saying uh, uh, now continue. Someone, someone that gets on the uh, Tron motorbike and races up like an evil could evil style jump that is SEO optimization. You know, like it's like here it comes up to the ramp. Good jump four mega buses of social media all all in one daredevil act no one's done it before a boy can dream all right um well, let's see if you're up to the challenge yeah yeah let's see uh, you're in, setting a high bar like tron giga chad jumping buses and in, in the in the network, whatever the land is that people are in in Tron. I don't the know. Ad, the AdSense grid. <laughs> we, we can, we, we, sh- we should definitely uh, do the thing that like everyone says that you got to do, which is like divvy up the work, right? That's when you get into partnership of any sort, there needs to be clear, um, clear order. And I thought it was I thought it was delegation and then blaming. Yeah, I thought those were the two stages. I mean, we'll get we'll get to a point where we can we could blame each other in our sleep. I have no doubt in that. We'll get to that point. Until then, um, better believe it. In a a real passive aggressive way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I am. I guess open to criticism on myself if it ever were to come up. I don't know. 
I would yeah, I was thinking no, no, hold value. On. I, just just to follow that up real quick, I was thinking when I went on YouTube and I didn't see our logo on the YouTube page, you know, I was like, ah, of course he didn't do that, you know? Lazy sack of shit. He's probably sleeping right now. He's probably in one of his um See, I'm married, so I, I get played the passive-aggressive game all the time, so I have adapted to it. I'll be... And I can even do it if I need to. The moment that I try to, like, start dating again, I'll get whiplash by being bamboozled so hardcore. Because, I've <laughs> you know, I've just been living as a guy, as just a dude, in, in my own little... Uh, Chateau in the ghetto. It, it's, Chateau du la ghetto. Yeah. Here I am. And whoa, am I in for a whirlwind. Yeah, good news is uh, the divorce is almost finalized. Uh, you, to the pandemic it, it's divides. Oh, you were, you were actually our married? Time. Yes, we were actually married. Like legally the, married. By the court of Kentucky. By the grace of God, Southern, be thy name, till death do us part. I didn't think you actually got married. I just thought you said, this is my wife. That's fair. That's fair. And That's she fair. was like, okay. We kind of did that. And there was there was an urgency to get married. I thought I was pregnant. <laughs> no, there, there was never any pregnancy. You, you were scares. a pregnant person? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone, Lee is an ally. <laughs> He'll, he'll try to hide from it or try to make something up like, like maybe he's like a libertarian or something don't get don't get it wrong um yeah we, we well, there was never it's a funny thing to talk about and I, i'll probably be best to, to finish talking about it once everything is finalized <laughs> Oh. <laughs> there's some legal ramifications otherwise nah, no there's nothing going on there's no money in this there's no money over here that she can go after Darlene is, Darlene is like a surprise like trust fund beneficiary Darlene is, uh, I don't want to yes. pronounce her name wrong no it's a good job correcting a lot of people uh, get it confused it's a unique name so it can yeah. be it can be easily um, you know I, like I said out. I'm an ally but yeah, no, you can, you've always shown massive respect to ladies. And for that, I thank you. It's tough to discuss because like over 80% of the time I tell someone, yeah, I was married and it was quick and we separated. I think that their immediate feeling is 
like a condolences and then like oh you probably had like a terrible alcoholic thing or what was wrong with you <laughs> like you were probably a, a terrible drunk drug addict oaf loafing about the house or uh yeah, taking Ryan taking on the that you know just just the role of just a real toxic guy and she left your ass and it is hard to say look like we're both like 10 times better off for it and jumping into a relationship you need to have a recording of her saying that so you can show that to people when they don't believe me they don't believe you they're not gonna believe me and it's fine like like a like a ready to use youtube of of an interview with darlene explaining that she's better off like hello friend Mm -hmm. new friend of ryan i'm darlene ryan's ex-wife let me tell you a little bit about our time together and why I still feel that the best years of my life were with Ryan Bassan. Yeah. And then she continues on something like that. That's all I'd ask for. I think that's, I think that's a reasonable request in the settlement. So that's all I want. So the hardest part, uh, when I got to Boston, leaving Austin about 60 days in, the pandemic hit. So then the world changed for everyone. But luckily for me, I got out when I did. And Texas is a place I nearly love to be. But all my exes live in Texas. And and I have uh, I have a theory. Uh, humans in this country have gotten increasingly more tied to being in a relationship for just means of survival. There is a majority of the country living paycheck to paycheck. When you team up, you can actually work your money in a better, it's, that's no surprise there. So it becomes like life becomes like slightly more affordable. And I've been living that way since you met me. So there was like a lot of things that I didn't get to like develop myself on my own. I didn't uh, have the, the necessary like solo development time because it was just always like survival mode. And then once you're in a relationship, it becomes increasingly harder to separate. That's a thing that like so many Americans have to go through and it gets clouded with community or society norms of culture and identity through gender and behavior of um, each side of the partnership. Like men are trash and, you know, women, uh, they be shopping and all these other areas that, that people might have like conflicts and, and then like, generalizing and stereotyping most of us were just in not great relationships and but you can't move out what are you going to do go get your own apartment no fuck that because that's that's going to be thirty two hundred dollars to move into your own you don't have that money right you know what i'm saying but i got that money i got that money who has that money is a better question i yeah exactly i got that money to leave because at the time that i was going through the the delta process starting 
from contract service in Louisville in 2015, moving to Austin for various reasons, transferring my position, getting there, and then working up to full-time. And then the company cuts the contract and then hires me back on as a brand new directly employed employee of Delta Mainline Airlines. But if I'm going to start off as a new employee, all new employees have to start off at part-time. So then I got thrown back through this like newly, like trying to get yourself back up on your feet. So at that time I started driving Uber and I rented a car because I had a truck that was going to work. But like Austin's a good Uber town, like a lot of these major metropolitan areas of the U.S., I was able to make some money and then I was able to like get out of my house and away from a bad relationship and spend time where I could make money because I didn't have enough money to go out in Austin, but I could like socialize tangentially in the form of like giving drunk kids, drunk, wealthy tech boys and bros and gals uh, rides around and ask them how they're doing or whatever. And you can meet people, you can meet, you can hang out and it's fun. At times, and it's uh, uh, you know depressingly suicidal at others, but it, it like that was like a thing that happened. And then after all the bullshit was like settled around with Delta, then they started uh, saying, "Okay, well, we got openings around the system, and if you go somewhere, Delta will pay you to relocate." So the money that they give people to like move was enough money for me to not just move, but get into a, a room just outside of Boston Logan. In Easty, East Boston, right there, right up, right on the, the Metro line, uh, the blue line uh, rail stop. So I had access to the rest of the city. I left my truck in Texas. I said, see you later. <laughs> and I was gone like December. And what I was doing is I was flying back, back and forth, two suitcases at a time. I did that a couple of times to move all of my shit because I could fly for free. And then I jumped in to start working full time. And then that was going good. And then I could, if I worked like three weeks straight, I could take like four and a half, five days off. So I'd work like nuts. And then I'd go. Like 21 days in a row, basically. Yeah. Like a 21-7 yeah. or a 21-5 yeah. or something. Yeah. Exactly. So I could, you know, work all that time. I'd take time off. But getting to Boston allowed me, in a way, to get out. You of must not feel very good by day 20. I got no, to admit. No, no, that no. Yeah. Be like, uh, I, I didn't mean to derail the story, but no, that no, sounds absolutely miserable. It is. It is. And it's one of the reasons when they started offering the severance, I stepped up. <laughs> in an what do you mean room. by offering the severance? When the pandemic hit, the airlines adjusted immediately because they knew, just like warm yeah, up, it, pulled yeah, out they all knew. the stuff. It was like fucking over. They knew because they they knew that this was. Well, not they've probably have been contingency planning for this for twenty years, right? Like they they don't even. If they you're Delta, to, you throw two hundred thousand dollars at a study and say, "Listen, if if a deadly pandemic comes, what happens to us?" Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I got you know we all got a lot of stock, we all got a lot of homes we got to pay for. You know, the banks are still going to be here. So what, what should we do? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I imagine then they offered you the opportunity when the pandemic came to take take 
a bunch yeah. of money to leave. And it was based on the time that you were there. And because my time was brand new at Delta, even though I'd been around since 2015 doing the exact same job, they had me on as a contract. Now I'm on direct deployment mainline, as they call it. Isn't it funny how these corps do this Ooh, shit? Really? It, the, like the moment, and, and it's, it, there's always this like ongoing process of me. But understanding. it's to the blue collar. It's to the, it's to the blue collar. Yeah. The, to white collar, to, to the, in the tech jobs I worked, that would never happen. Yeah. Never to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the, this is the conversation that I, 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 I talk a lot about with people is there's a, there is an industry that needs union representation or any type of, maybe not union, but any type of representation. And then there's also industries and areas that it wouldn't make sense at all to try to in, like inject a union, like what you just said, this kind of, uh, shady bs the way that they kind of uh uh, throw you around and roll you about in the mud you you don't see it in the in the white collar right is what you were saying yeah you 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 wouldn't see it you wouldn't see it as much it's like i understand the company from the company's position of wanting to start somewhere part-time because it's a difficult job and there's a lot of turnover you don't want to commit significantly into employee uh that's not going to be there i i can at least understand that yeah. but starting someone on a contract like they're a 1090 like they're they're uh like they work other jobs you know like oh they're just a contractor like what does this contractor do oh they they're a baggage specialist well, what does that mean well they move bags from one plane to the terminal and back uh so why is this person on a 1099 Right? Why is this person on a on an independent contractor gig? They don't. It's not like they're putting business cards out trying to generate other opportunities for themselves. They're working this job. It's so a very specific job too. Super illegal to do. Well, it's not illegal. It's just the IRS doesn't look fondly upon it of pretending that this person is an employee when in fact they don't have any other options to go look for other work. You know, it's not like you're. You know, you can have two jobs, of course, but you're not like I. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a baggage logistics uh, consultant. <laughs> you know, like that's not the case, man. Yeah, it, it it pulls people into desperately needing the position, and that's a good thing for an open market. Right. And when you talk about specifically, I'll, I'll clarify that my service was. I was employed through DGS and it was a wholly owned subsidiary of Delta Airlines. They called it Delta Ground Slave, DGS, Delta Global <laughs> Service was the name. Yeah. So DGS and, and you did the exact same job that people got paid easily twice as much for with better, like actual benefits. With benefits. Yeah. With actual benefits. Contract, you're not. Getting so benefits. They, the you are they, just getting paid, and you have to pay more, and you have to understand how to doing your own taxes, how to put money aside for Medicare and Social Security that a lot of people have never done or don't understand at all. It's not like they teach this in school. Because if you make money all year on a contract, and then you the IRS comes like, hey, you made sixty thousand uh, dollars, and you didn't pay a single penny in tax. A lot of people wouldn't understand why that is. They're like, well, I get, uh, you know, this 
Delta pays me. They, you know, they do the taxes. I don't know what's going on. It's just another thing, you know, that they just put on people. We don't want to pay those oh, things. And each, each like uh, learning experience came through time for me to pick up on how these things work out. And so, you know, I start 2015 and then at the end of it comes 2020 where I'm in a major city in a and a technical, technically it's a hub city for Delta and it exists to basically be uh, the overflow hub for New York. The, you know, one of the biggest cities in North America that has so much of a market that it, like the two airports can't even handle it when it is up and running at full capacity. You've seen it. So, so much traffic will get routed like from New York outward and from Boston inward to kind of like um, provide that extra necessary cushion uh, to uh, keep it from running into the red. So there was this like booming scenario when I got there, they were bringing people in because they were about to add more international routes and they were about to bring in a smaller aircraft to go transoceanic to get to like the Northwest British Isle, uh, you know, whatever's over there, Ireland, whatever. <laughs> and you could go, you could go. And, and then, you know, when they fly, they go to the Arctic Circle, right, to keep on the route of um, airports to never go without a certain amount of capacity based on the amount of propulsion that one engine could take the aircraft from point to point on fuel or whatever consumption in case one engine goes down you still have one that one it could the aircraft only needs one engine to fly so that's a part of their rating system doesn't really need any engines to fly does it technically it's just falling once it lands so it's just falling with control so having uh like all this new buzz happening and then immediately getting the gut punch that was uh to the travel industry along with the rest of the world and then talking to, to men and women that have been around for a while and then watching just like old grumpy Boston guys and thinking to myself like that's just going to be me like it, it won't change because this is a cyclical thing because you talk about the 20 year plan it's been going on it's like it's like 10, 5 to 15 years on cue. As you look back to the mid-20-teens, Delta went through a bankruptcy. And then before that, 2001 was 9-11. And then I don't know before that, but there's you, see, you have this thing of problem that always hits the airline industry. So one, there was a mechanic that lived in my building, a Delta mechanic. And he said, you know, if I knew what I know now, Back then, I would have taken, I would have taken one of these years ago. I was like, yeah, for me, this is a good idea. I mean, we were talking about you and Darlene, but um, 
yeah. and get results. And, and getting to Boston was great. It was freedom. It gave me a couple dollars. And then I, for like the first time in my adult life, I could make enough money to like have a little bit of cushion. And so that was great because everything through the transition from like leaving the furniture store to like trying to get to a point where I was making like an adult human wage was a pretty fucking tough road that wasn't made easier with a lot of my choices. And then it wasn't made easier by jumping into a relationship and then having the partner that I jumped in with also have their own uh, plan of what they wanted specifically in their life where they they would like wanting to have a house and then they like wanted to have a social life and wanted to have all these things. And then, then, then their realization, like, wow, I basically married a vagrant with, <laughs> because people think that they're poor, right? People think that they're poor and then they, they meet some other, you know, inverse carpet bagger from North Florida, transient, like, she was never thinking that uh, it was going to be easy because she was just thinking like, as she knows hardships that we don't, maybe she just uh, assumed, you know, but don't let these beautiful blue eyes fool you. <laughs> <laughs> this is 100% garbage child grown up to a, a garbage adult. In a world where we're capped off in a way and sidelined from the on average participation of previous generations, not to say that it couldn't happen for me if I made better decisions or if I uh, acted uh, in, a, in a way in accordance with the world around me to better suit my position, but I am not going to want to take a non-working relationship it was it was very clear like only like eight months into it that this was going to be an insane like mountain to traverse to get over some of these incongruencies that really make us align because i haven't had wealth and comfort and safety nets but I have had bonds and relationships that were working and I knew what that felt like. Sure. So, you know, the amount of time that we've been talking about this now is nothing that you could tell someone to assure them. Yeah, it was for the best. And it's, <laughs> it's in a way that a lot of Americans, because imagine if we had kids. Oh, once you have kids, it's, it changes. Like getting married and not having kids that literally that means nothing to me there's yeah. no difference until you bring another human in the world and you got to support it and figure out ways to make it not a piece of shit mm-hmm. if you're together married not married it doesn't matter yes. you don't have that you don't have that other element and you can leave each other at any time without ruining someone else's uh, uh chances how I, I mean again i don't want to i don't want to say that getting divorced ruins someone's chances let me rephrase that more of 
messing with someone else's life, an innocent party. You could have like a like a situation like where you just acknowledge this isn't going to work out and the time that it takes and like what life is right now. It, it made no sense for me to carry on. And this was before COVID, by the way. Like these, all these realizations were before COVID. This right is why COVID. you're lucky. Yes, yes. And I couldn't help but think about that. And I couldn't help but think like, God, I, I really have to do this. I have to do this thing that says, don't, you don't, you don't have to lock into just a terrible, shitty job. No, and and I did, but because before, if if I wasn't like constantly trying to make some money to get on this like grind set hustle mode that she was existed on, because she wanted to buy property, because she had these goals, because she had a way about working towards her goals that were always like backed by a family and resources and a net that I never had, um, and that 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 uh, it was easier for me to say. Yeah, fuck this right now. I'm just trying to survive. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna pay off all my debt tomorrow. I'm gonna, but I need to like make sure that my I don't go fucking crazy because I've been working seventy eight hours a week, and half of that is standing around huffing jet fuel, large amounts of fucking jet fuel, slamming suitcases, right. And, and 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 keeping on the most wretched of uh, work sleep hours possible, and by that I mean like getting up at three a.m. to go to work, which is a time that no one should have to get up to do. You stay up, or but then also like sometimes having to get to work around one p.m. for like a duration that would then carry you on to like also be awake still by 10 p.m. at night. So if you're not getting to sleep by 10 p.m., try to wake up at 3 a.m., you're really just in uh, a day. They put you on a shift where, where you'd leave work at 10 and then have to be back at 3? They put you on a shift that's like 1 p.m., but if you wanted to work double a 16-hour day so you could afford your bills – you you would go in for the 4 a.m., the 4.30 start because you got to get at work to set up the ramp and all the equipment to get these uh, aircraft fired up, especially if there was weather at a certain hour for the 5, 6 a.m. start of the aircraft day. I mean, comparing this to driving an Uber or doing um, like, uh, I guess, Uber Eats or some of the delivery services, it's so much better than doing that job and you make your own hours and you, then you're actually at 1099 because you're working for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you're actually uh, and that's, an independent. And that's what happened when I got, when I got to Boston. That's not even, for me, that's not even a question. Like destroy your mind and body, throwing things around and breathing in jet fuel or driving someone from their work to the taco stand and back. That's yeah. not even a question. Yeah. That's not even that's not even an equation in my mind. I mean, if you can make even from somewhere close to in the same amount of hours what you're making before, that's not even a question. Yeah. Well, you sprinkle in 
the possibility that you can fly for free and it keeps people grounded. No pun intended. Are you going to fly somewhere just to go to sleep for a little bit? And people do it. And the, the free flight brings about the opportunity to flex hard as fuck on Instagram. <laughs> listener well, dude, you didn't home, say that at the beginning. Listener at home, you better goddamn well believe that if you know anyone that is related at all to the airline industry, and if you follow them on any of their feeds, and they're posting stuff about flying places and traveling, that's embellishing because the truth about standby travel, it fucking sucks. Like all airline travel, it fucking sucks to have to go to the airport and bring all that shit with you and try to make sure that you don't have don't get fucked over going through a stupid TSA line or some kind of bullshit delay that's out of your control where you're stuck waiting around for hours and you realize I'm fucking 900 miles away, but I could have driven here faster. And it would be nice if I had some kind of forewarning about this fucking stupid shit. And even if you pay for a ticket, all of this stuff could happen to you. But know that there is the opportunity to do this for free. So people are going to jump on it, make it look a little nicer. Like they got they got some stuff. And it works because people buy into factor, that. You didn't factor looking really good on Instagram into the equation. So now I got to change. Oh, you know, pick your poison. Do you want happiness or do you want it to look like you're happy? not having to wake up at 3 a.m. would be the preference. Right? It's a terrible time to wake up because it's specific. Sleep is more important than anything. I don't care. Sleep is the most important. More important than Instagram. More important than your relationships. More important than your children. Maybe not more important than your children. Pretty close, though, because if you don't sleep, you will murder your children. So their lives depend on it, too. I thought you were going to say if you don't sleep, you have a lower quality sperm count. Which one you won't even get to have children. Yeah. I wake up every morning. It's actually probably true. Right. I wake up every morning, 12 hours of sleep in with a sack full of sperm, just a real tight (laughs) wound up sack ready to go for the day. (laughs) 12 hours later, you're ready for bed. Yeah. I'm exhausted. 20, the pet COVID taught me how to masturbate again and love it. 12 hours, J and the D, back to sleep. That's a shirt shirt idea. That's one for the old (laughs) drop ship box on the website. (laughs) Well, Ryan's working at, Ryan's only, Ryan's working 12 hour shifts now, just uh, for a different airline. 
I, I've definitely thought about going back. And a lot of people that I talk to that are fairly like, you could tell they're, I like this term, careerist. They're careerist minded, you know, and giving business people rides, picking them up from the airport. A lot of people like um, after hearing uh, my story, they give me what they feel to be like, like supportive, like helpful advice and say, well, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, they're hiring again and maybe it's a good time to go back. And I get why someone would feel that way and say that way, say those things. Of course, I'm it's really you. the right. It's really the wrong decision. I mean, anyone with two cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone with any sense. And most of the people that I talk to, like, would that say I, there's no way to do. There's no way you should do that. Yeah, if I, if there is like a point yourself. in a long car ride where there is like a lot of this that I'm getting out to you, given to them, and the back and forth, they hear it and they say exactly what you're saying. Uh, but then there's those like briefer moments where I don't try to like pile on all of it and so it's just like yeah i took the severance option during the pandemic and and then like you know so like a lot of people will think it's a, it was like forced and then i, I clarify it's, it was voluntary they needed like 20,000 employees to go away and they got about 17,000 and there was this big thank you and you got a couple thousand dollars and some benefits for the road so i still have another year left to fly <laughs> which is a part of my scheme of moving across the street from North America's biggest airport. And I can walk to a hotel and get on a shuttle and I'll pay for parking if I want to go travel. So it, it, I just got to find a way to make some money so I can, uh, you know, get back on the Instagram account, really. (laughs) Start showing off. Yeah, because it's like there's this gap of my posting. I just got to get... I'm not collecting stamps in my passport. Who am I? Where is my identity? That's a really good question. I guess yeah, the, I don't stamps know. In your pa- the stamps in your passport is a measure of some identity, I must tell you. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're trying to go to United Arab Emirates after going to Israel. Which one is it? Which one can't? Which one shouldn't you do? This one? <laughs> There's quite a few. <laughs> uh quite a few i could start i get uh, it's changed recently but i mean there's a lot of countries you can't go to after yeah you directly from israel. Over. But, the, but you know in israel they don't even stamp your passport you know you yeah. they just do it they print something out yeah. you were there they print something else you don't have anything in your passport so there's not you can't they're not they're not like in 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 syria you know all mm-hmm. the people who are trying to get to syria or iran or wherever Flipping through your passport, being like, "Oh, is this uh, is this Jewish looking man been to Israel anytime soon?" Uh, to, them, to them, all Americans are Jews. You know, they don't yeah. even know. They don't know. Oh yeah. Did you make it uh, traveling around? Yeah, I did. I did Mideast? quite a bit. I did quite a bit. Um, I think Iran would be cool to visit. Yeah, not. I'm not going to do Iran. Uh, no, actually. I did. Uh, I didn't. I didn't go anywhere except really Morocco, as far as North Africa, or Middle East is concerned. I, I went love to Morocco. I went to Morocco. Turkey. Uh, Morocco is really cool. I went to Turkey. Yeah, I definitely uh, would try to get on that Istanbul route as well. 
yeah, Istanbul I did for just a couple of days with a friend that I met really surprisingly when I was on my flight to Israel to move there. I met this guy cool. who was in the Israeli military, but he's American and we kind of hit it off and uh, we went to Turkey together. He was a little crazy, dude. He, he, um, he was dropping N bombs, you know, we were at like a pub and he was just screaming the N word. Cause he didn't really understand that you can't do that. in in a setting in Istanbul, um, because there's people who like know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But had lived in Israel a long time. Uh, he was okay. an interesting guy. He was yeah. an interesting guy. But um, yeah, almost got us. Almost got us killed. I'd say <laughs> on the deadly streets of Istanbul. Um, but I did. I did. I did a lot of. Uh, I did Hong Kong. I did China. I did India. I did a lot of Europe, obviously. You know, my wife is European, so we do, I've done a lot of Europe. Um, haven't haven't been anywhere since September of last year, but it was, I don't know. It's expensive, and with kids, I don't know. Just the the same. I don't know. What am I even saying? Doesn't matter. Yeah, these these places will maybe open up again one day. But there's a lot of bullshit in between to get back to just the old bullshit of travel. Now with having to bring in uh, these, uh, like, uh, you got to clear the COVID test. So yeah. that's, that's one huge thing that's uh, been super scary about potential travel right now for myself. If I go somewhere, uh I've never tested positive for COVID. I don't think I will. But if it happens when I try to leave, because the U.S. wants you free, yeah, you're gonna have a COVID you test. Enter, other yeah. countries might be wavering, but the U.S. has steadfast. That so they, if I have, if I test positive, then we're gonna like stick around for another week or two, and I'm and I'm like only planning to be there two days, and then. And it's like, how do you say, um, no, I don't think you understand. I'm not, I'm not like one of these people. I'm the help. I, you know, you report to all the other Americans. On, like, it's like, I, and it's like, it come up a lot where I try to say, I'm not like one of these people. I'm just, I'm just here because I was able to jump in the engine room, stowaway travel, basically. A uh, hundred years ago, I would have been one of the Irish guys, like blackout drunk, dancing on the floor of a ship, you know, eight uh, decks yeah. below. I saw I saw a post about the it, like all the lights were out on the Titanic when it was sinking. Just to clarify from the images of the movie, and it's like, yeah, the images of the movie were definitely like it's it like the lights were still on. But it would be pitch black in the frigid Atlantic that you're sinking into in pure chaos. Had hey, it been listen, one of the most amazingly frightening moments in all of history. We had a we had a deep kind of understanding so far of where you're coming from and what you've been through recently. But at least you're not drowning in the dark in the North Atlantic with 600 other you know countrymen packed into a little deck somewhere 
trying to get across the Atlantic to peel potatoes for three cents a day, a week. 30,000 tons of uh, wretched, wrenching, uh, crying, moaning steel bending in the frigid waters with uh, screams of people taking their last breath. And Hey, Delta uh, might be tough. And- Delta might be tough, but let's, let's keep it in perspective. I thought the best thing that I could do for my wife would be die in a plane wreck <laughs> while an employee, and then she would get flights for free for the for the rest of her for the life. Rest of her life, on top of not having to be with me, so that would be <laughs> that would have been that's the best thing you could do for a partner. Die and you just like give them unlimited credits to something like that, because that yeah. would be. And she uses it. She flies. I'm sure she gets a pass too. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you guys are separated. I didn't take her off of it. What would would be the point? Spice. Yeah, exactly. Anger. Exactly. Exactly. And these things are all very tempting, but I must say, I I don't think they really get us anywhere as people. And, and again, if I would have forced myself through this, like at a younger age, it would have been, yeah, it would have, it, there would have been a lot more spike, right? The relationship thing. It's, it's the hardest thing in the world to do, I think, in some, in some situations, to just be friends at, at the end of all of it. But to be like authentically friends, I'm a, I'm a regular Will Smith cuck. I'm actually, I'm actually helping him. I'm helping her and her new boyfriend travel this weekend because they're trying to go to Denver. So she's going to take the uh, her flight, and then I'm going to give him a buddy pass. So I'm going to help them out, and I'm going to love being their friend about it. And on the surface, it might make me look like a massive bitch and just a a real loser. But I, I, you know what? We love women, folks. We love women, and we're going to support them, whether they may or may not have punched us in the face before, or whether we know them, but we know that we see them and we hear them, and they're valid. You stepped us back from the edge there a little bit. <laughs> We are on the cliff. We're about to fly dive, over and dive you into brought us back. Incel podcasting 101. <laughs> hey guys, have you heard of our new uh, podcast? Yeah. We talk a lot about incels and incel life and uh, really focus on, on that as the main topic.
Thank you.